Hello, everybody. I'm Jim Young, and we have got yet another great uh, Realcom Live episode today. A little bit more sober, um, a little bit more serious. Uh, we're going to be talking about real estate cybersecurity again as it pertains to buildings. And we've had a number of episodes on this topic. This one today is uh, very specific uh, in that it's going to be, uh, we're going to be hearing from some leaders of the Real Estate Cyber Consortium. The way this story goes is about five or six years, can't remember exactly when, um, a friend of ours uh, had um, uh, an article had been written in a major newspaper about a building being hacked. And we were very close to it. A couple of the senior level executives um, who were involved in that actually ended up losing their jobs, uh, shared with us what had happened. And we got on the phone with the person who wrote the article We uh, and had them um, commit to coming to our event. The first discussion we had a real come about cybersecurity was very clandestine 40 people didn't know, you know how to deal with it um, kind of leave your cell phones at the door kind of group and from that uh conversation um things have never stopped and i believe it was the second year that one of our guests charles uh, myers and another person don goldstein came up to howard and said get us a room uh, we want to keep this conversation going after we had had the cyber form and that led to uh, a conversation that says we can't just talk about this once a year. This has to be a daily conversation. And so with that, let me bring on our three guests, Charles Myers, the executive director of REC, Real Estate Cyber Consortium, Jim Whalen, SVP and CIO of Boston Properties, and Ben Alembrinos, VP Smart Building Tech and Digital Innovation Quadro. Guys, great to see you. How are you? Jim, good to be here. Yeah, good to yeah. be here. You guys. I would consider, consider you guys uh, business peers, but also good friends. We have been on this journey, multiple journeys for a long time, but the cyber journey, is it five or six? Anybody remember? Well, some of us has been 20, but the actual <laughs> cyber is, uh, I think when we got together, it was about six years ago. Yeah, it was uh, San Jose, Jim, yeah. Yeah, and 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 I mean, I, I was so afraid to even send emails because they would be intercepted that I literally called 40 people and said, can you come to this meeting? It was invitation only, closed door, and Billy uh, proceeded to scare the heck out of us. Yeah. Uh, and that really was the, the beginning of this journey. And first of all, thank you specifically to Jim and Charles for being early on, Thano for coming in and hopefully taking the baton at some point, uh, representing a younger generation. But the three of you, as well as the Rec Executive Leadership Board, um, really committed to keeping this conversation going. It's your fourth part-time job, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so um, thank you for that. So before we get into a whole bunch of questions, um, we Jim and I were fortunate enough to see a presentation on a, on, a, on a hack of a building in Israel that we've been aware of about a year now. And I've gotten various you know, details, but yesterday was really the time that I, I stopped, I listened, went through every step in a sequential order, and it just continued to uh, reassure me why I'm doing this, why I care about this topic. So Jim, tell us about what uh, Elon told us uh, about that uh, building. In yeah, no, no, I think, well, I think the, uh, you know, the context for me, Jim, is like, you know, we think about, uh, you know, home computer and you've got these, the consumer area has really been kind of tightened and what you do for protecting your devices and mobile devices. And then you think about your, 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 your enterprise, your work, my, my laptop I'm working on today and got IT controls and really good security. And we move into buildings and there just hasn't been a, a good, uh, you know, set of practices, controls uh, that have moved in and in, in, in promulgated themselves throughout our building environment. So, so this case study yesterday was just, you know, fascinating, Jim. It was just like, uh, you know, again, an open environment, you know, open to the internet, you know, no firewall, um, 
the ability for ransomware. Everyone's aware of ransomware. It's probably noise in the background. It's been so prevalent uh, this year. It doubled in 2020, and it's been like on just on some other trajectory here in 21. Um, but it, an exploit came in, and you know, it, it, you know, um, you know, found a found an exploit to plant itself, plant malware, and then basically be able to you know promulgate itself around an environment. Uh, in, a, in a in a network that had multiple systems, right? So you know yeah. you're talking not just about you know an HVA system or access control and parking, but literally the fabric of the building um, and the way this was architected. So um, just again, um, uh, you know, points out to um, you know the, the the risk of affecting occupancy, right? This you know this particular example happened during COVID, so it wasn't as impactful operationally. But you know you know if you had a, a building that was fully occupied and you dump those occupants down on the street, and you think about the reputational risk um, that comes with that, it's it's pretty uh, pretty sizable. Let alone having the a, lar- a longer term impact of the ability being being able to be occupied, right? Yeah. Uh, being impaired in some way for the, the building to be occupied. So, so it just, again, I, it, you know, I'm, we're going to talk about RAC and what our goals are here, but it, it just points to, again, the lack of standards, the lack across the entire supply chain. The entire supply chain it needs to wake up uh, and shared responsibility and accountability for uh, securing um, our, our systems and our, our facilities. Well, and, and it, what's important is, you know, human nature. Uh, I've been hearing about the story literally for a year. I've, and yet, for some reason, yesterday, it really sunk in. First of all, why does it take humans so long to hear things? I've heard it, but I didn't hear it, right? But what I really took away from yesterday, finally, was, holy cow, this shut down everything from elevators to parking gates, okay? And to the point where they had stickers on the elevator saying, still not in use, okay? Just put that one in your brain. The second thing that I really walked away with was, um, it wasn't intentional. There wasn't somebody, to t- it was, this was this, this ubiquitous laptop that somehow got on the network. The malware found its way in and, and then shut the building down. So can you imagine mm-hmm. if there was, if this was a focused, intentional attack, yeah, right? Right, right. And the third thing that struck me yeah. was the person who was supposed to protect them didn't, the integrator. And, and then make matters worse, they came back and said, well, here's a new proposal for us to fix this thing that we should have had fixed in the beginning. It was a mess. Mm-hmm. Just a mess. Yeah, lack of awareness, lack of standards, lack of controls. Again, I just, uh, and that, again, that's not uh, uncommon in our industry, so. Yeah. So, okay, so so we all know what the potential risks are. We've been in this in a while. Thano, you're, you're the younger guy in the crowd and, and, the, and the one who's gonna have the energy to take this battle into the future. Why is our industry so resistant to taking this threat serious? Well, first of all, uh, thanks for having me and always great to speak with Charles and Jim who I uh, respect very greatly in this space. And I will always take you calling me the younger one. I uh, will <laughs> happily for the foreseeable future. Although the grades keep popping up. I was going to say, where are your grades? You got it. Yeah, they're that. coming in. They're coming in. Um, I think for the same reason that we have such a hard time in real estate, just generally adopting technology, we, we have very similar challenges uh, with adopting cybersecurity practices. Jim touched on it great earlier. We've got fantastic controls from an enterprise and an IT perspective. Um, at, at our homes, at our offices, my work laptop as well. Uh, but in our buildings, it's it has been the Wild West for so long. We've been reliant on vendors and on uh, people throughout the supply chain that have uh, not necessarily 
uh, aligned incentives to work with us on ensuring that there are appropriate controls, processes, tools in place to secure our buildings. And I think the other major problem is, is just a general lack of education and understanding. Yeah. Uh, real estate companies are full of people that are great at real estate, great at investing in properties, great at constructing and developing properties, uh, great at managing properties and taking care of tenants, but not necessarily the systems that are, as Jim uh, uh, eloquently put it, the fabric of these buildings, the fabric of operations. You can spend hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars in concrete and steel and glass, but if your elevator goes down or your, you know, the, the, the HVAC system goes down or the lights go off, you're in, a, you're in a, a whole world of hurt, both from a reputational and an operational perspective. So I think the biggest challenge has been uh, is education and just getting people to understand too, even from an IT perspective, is that IT and IT security and technology security for the enterprise looks a lot and feels a lot different in buildings. And the economics in buildings are a lot different. So that's why Quadrils, you know, I've got a very specific role that I'm focused on technology in the built environment because it's it's so very different than than the enterprise side. We align, of course, but it takes a different mindset and a different approach. Charles, when when you were at uh, Wells Fargo, I mean, big big real estate portfolio. You guys took it serious, right? I mean, what why why did that corporate real estate environment? understand the importance of securing the buildings from a cyber threat perspective? Well, let me go back first and just say, you know, when I said earlier, 20 years ago, 20 years ago, when I started at Wells, one of the first jobs I had was getting remote connectivity to building management systems for our group. And it was just a side job just to say, make it easy to get them access. And that thing came back to haunt me years later. But the, but the fact is going back, you know, and I'll tie this in, but to the uh, Israeli building hack. I mean, I think the key is who is hearing the message? You know, what, you know, that message. So for example, I think four years ago at, at a, a Black Hat, there was a bleak key uh, presentation. And, you know, the fact is most of the access cards worldwide are unencrypted. And that, that was discovered at that time. That turned around when it got to the right message in our CISO. You know, that became a program to look How at long ago was that access system. That was five years ago. Okay. So we, right. when we hit this, when we got together, we had a series of events, well, you know, from Target to Mirai to this Blee Key that completely transformed uh, our world at Wells Fargo, addressing every building management and corporate security technology in our portfolio. Right. So, so for some reason, a corporate enterprise, you know, you know, their employees are in these buildings, lots of space. Um, but on the commercial side, uh, say you know, a landlord who, who's got multiple tenants in a building, whether it be an office or a retail mall, for some reason they feel a little disconnected from the conversation because they're saying, well, my tenants kind of do their own thing, right? But if they're using common networks or, you know, for gosh sakes, even a wireless network uh, that the landlord might provide, I mean, those are ways into these, into these systems, correct? Yeah, uh, yeah, most definitely. And, and the thing is about, it's really just like the IP, you know, IP networks, like at the end of a cable, right, Jim, you think about just, um, and, you know, buildings, buildings and the layering of technologies and the enablement through these cables, right, are, uh, you know, you're, you're talking about 300, 400, 500, 600 IP endpoints that just the landlord 
manages and controls, right? Separate, we, we, we have pretty much firewalls with our customers. I mean, they run their own systems, their own space. So it's really, um, you know, this we've been on this curve because of just the technology that's being embedded in our buildings uh, and the innovation and uh, all the investments we're doing in amenities and the proliferation of amenities, right? So it, it's, um, I mean, all those create vulnerabilities, all those endpoints on the cable and the networking of or the, the switches and everything creates a, creates a point of exposure. Right? Well, and if, if you think about it, I mean, let's say there was a Fortune 5 company wanted the most state-of-the-art boardroom on the planet. So they wanted smart lighting and, and all this stuff. And so, you know, you've got the building owner, you've got the tenant, you've got the integrator, you've got the architect, you've got the service provider who might manage the space after the fact. You got five, six, seven parties involved in getting this thing done and operating. So let's well, say some of your parties have third parties. Third right? parties. And that's yeah. the other so, issue is that you know there's more than that even. Exactly. So so let's say they go with the most state-of-the-art lighting system. There's a microphone inside the lighting, so I can say lights on. You know, we're talking about breaches that you know steal data or shut down buildings. How about the privacy aspect? What about a competitor logging into that network, jumping into that lighting system, turning on that microphone, and listening to the board meeting? you know, as they're getting ready to announce new products. I mean, who's responsible for that? Since all these people touched it, right? So in the cybersecurity planning, that's why it's so important to have a strategy up front, right? So you can start asking these questions from all these different and, parties. And, 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 and not to overcomplicate things too, but I just like the, 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 the conversation about the landlord's role, we are extending our services as Jim's group is as well, further and further into our tenant spaces. Uh, you know, as technology proliferates, uh, as a base building infrastructure, we're building a million square foot building. I think we have over 4,000 ports, 4,000 devices on the converged building infrastructure that we're deploying. And that's just as Jim alluded to, to, to serve base building services. As tenants come in and are interested in, uh, you know, and there's a lot of larger uh, corporate tenants like Charles's uh, old stomping grounds at Wells Fargo uh, may have a certain view and, and are more sophisticated. But when we start looking at some of the mid, medium-sized tenants, they're looking for us to help them with services. And it, it, it is a huge question that comes up is who's responsible uh, for security as we start extending some of these services into the space. Uh, we're doing it to differentiate ourselves from a market position uh, standpoint, which only increases uh, the reputational risk from a cyber perspective if we have a breach. So it's a, it's a difficult conversation and I, you know, admittedly and unfortunately, one in in real estate that is really just getting started, um, and yeah. that's that's why we're all here today. All right, all right, guys, we got to take a quick break here from one of our sponsors. When we come back, we're going to talk about the Real Estate Cyber Consortium and then the upcoming Realcom Cyber Forum. Uh, Realcom I become Cyber Realcom I become Cyber Forum this November. All right, so Ilan Zakar, the gentleman who made the presentation yesterday uh, to the CIOs in New York and around the world, and will also be presenting at the, at the conference. He just said, uh, put in a chat, uh, Ilan, good to have you watching, that Amazon doesn't allow Alexa technology in their conference rooms. So uh, that says a lot, uh, and, and right in line with our conversation. So we got cybersecurity and privacy that we have to deal with. Um, so let's bring our great guests back and continue this conversation. Um, Guys, so let's uh, let's move to REC real quick. Uh, Charles, can you give us the 30, 60 second overview on what REC is today and why everybody should be participating? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, again, five years ago, we got together informally as a group. Uh, from that, we formed, I'll call it this informal partnership where we had NDA signed, 
20 companies participating, but to really take it to the next level and to get the education and the knowledge and, and put our best practices out there, we realized we needed to really incorporate and in, include other members. And that required, again, becoming a, an entity, a self-governed uh, entity that we could have a membership. So, yeah, we're very proud to be able to say that today, you know, we can accept members, you know, uh, starting from $50 to $5,000, you know, we have opportunities for people to participate. The goal again is to get people together, get people on this message and on this platform to start talking about solutions and what we need to do. It's it's going to take all of us to do this and uh, so I'm I'm pretty proud to be, you know, uh, supporting this community that we've built uh, over the last five years. And, and, and I think it's important. I'm sorry, go ahead, Dan. No, I was just going to add to that. Uh, uh, Charles has obviously done a fantastic job as, as our executive director. And I, I, I consider myself the dumbest guy in the room when it comes to the, the technology perspective. I'm surrounded by uh, brilliant folks uh, and, and IT and technology minds. I would encourage anybody who's watching this uh, to, to learn more and to join because as someone who came from the construction side myself, I'm Again, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit of a layman on a, a lot of the things that get thrown around. But one thing that I think I do well is, is build, stand up, integrate these buildings, understand the management, and the real estate side. And it's the marriage of those two things together that'll really help us solve these problems. So yes. uh, even if you are not technically, overly technically savvy, and you're worried about these challenges in your organization, which we all are, I would very, very highly recommend uh, that you approach this group. It's not just a bunch of technical folks. It's yeah. people, yeah. technical, it's very approachable and, community. Yeah. Yeah. And, we're, and we're about sharing practices and influence in the supply chain. I mean, we're yeah. very That's much it. focused yeah. on making it happen. So, two more points to Charles and everybody's comments was uh, REC is a not for profit. So, there's no vested interest, there's no hidden agenda. And second of all, it's driven primarily from real estate owner operators, vendors, solution providers coming in as well but the, the 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 gist of this is owner operators who are looking out for each other's best interests as it relates to cybersecurity. from the and cio think, side to the CISO side to the facility side and everyone in between well and that's what's so great is it stems commercial corporate institutional government uh, higher ed i mean it's not it's a building in this case is a building and we get so much great feedback from a wide variety of folks um so yeah it's been a great journey five six years uh and, uh, and hopefully this is just the beginning. So guys, we have a few minutes left. Um, let's talk about the, the cyber forum that we're gonna have at Realcom and IBCom. For, for at least the last three, five years, REC, or at least even when it was an informal group, had a significant influence on that program. And this year is no, no different. In fact, uh, probably more so. Uh, Jim, since, well, actually let's go Charles, because Charles, you were one of the ones banging on the door saying, find us a room. <laughs> um, why is this cyber forum important? It is, a, it is an opportunity for, for many who are aware of these kind of, we'll say, uh, situations, the risk to, to see and hear real life examples, case studies, and to have, uh, you will say, industry subject matter experts come together with real solutions and real opportunities because everyone's on a different path in this journey. I mean, you know, from the very beginning, if you're just starting, there's opportunities to be, you know, how, how to become more aware. And if you have a very advanced scenario, a solution, there are people there who are, you know, have done something similar. So it's a great opportunity to really get a wide breadth of, uh, you know, presentation and experience and knowledge. 
Jim, and Jim, you're I'm gonna say you're always pretty active on the on the topics, the subjects. Can you give us an idea of what topic issues are going to yeah, be presented yeah, this year? Yeah, so I know you know last uh, two years ago, or uh, I'm trying to date myself here, 2019, we had Cyber Morning, Jim, right, and for kicking off, uh, and we had 350 people, and you could have a pin drop for four hours. It was literally we had a packed agenda. We're looking to pack the agenda again to this time. So again, trying to think about um, you know much smaller event this year. Yeah, it'll be smaller by design yeah, this year. Yeah, no, it's, right. But I'm just saying, like it was, it was riveting, right? What the what we had uh, for content. So, um, you know, just again, uh, reference for you know the state of the industry uh, scenarios, like we just talked about, and really providing some reference points. Um, but then really getting into um, you know some mini case studies, like we're talking about you know contract language, and we're talking about tools that each of us are using. Some of the companies, in whether it's risk frameworks applied to uh, facilities, whether it's, you know, I'm, I'm using scorecards to help my, my facility teams and do the interaction to tabletop exercises that are actually done at a, a facility pen tests. Like, so, so certain tool sets, and we're going to have a number of mini case studies that are going to be referenceable. And again, whether you're a small company, large company, you're in the, as Charles said, different part of this journey, it'll all be kind of referenceable. Well, and, and, and to, to add some color to that, for those people who are in the early stages, you can't deny it. You can't run from it, right? And and you can't and you don't need to be embarrassed that you're at the early stages. Everybody was at the beginning once. But I will tell you that these three gentlemen and a whole host of other people will give you their time, their energy, their expertise. They're willing to share, bring you up to speed so you don't have to start from the beginning. So this event is designed for beginners, intermediates, and advanced. And and I forgot who said earlier, this community is incredibly willing to share. And I'm going to address, Jim, the, there's a question that came in. I think it'd be great to just answer. But talking about, do you, does that mean facilities needs to build out an IT team for the sophistication? And I'll tell you, five years ago, I brought our network team, our IT team, and it's a partnership between facilities and technology. So I, I encourage you to bring everyone you can to this event that you work with or you think should be aware of the systems in your buildings. It requires yeah. a partnership. Nano, you're the most recent to, to this group, this community. Why, why did it get your attention and what would you say to people on the edge? Yeah, no, I mean, I think that if you're actually, if you're starting right now, you're in a really great spot because you've got three people on this call plus a whole host of others that uh, have a flat spot on their forehead from banging their heads against the wall for, for years and years and, and taking all the bumps and bruises and uh, you can that you can learn from and you can you know the IT or pardon me a, a, a cybersecurity is not a competitive advantage for any of our organizations so we are more than willing to share best practices and our roadmaps and how we got to where we were and and the folks that we've worked with and the consultants and the vendors that that we've aligned with to see if they'll work for you and this is an opportunity if you're starting on early uh, to really create uh, a roadmap based on uh, the, the the success of others, and I would highly encourage you uh, to do so. Okay. Yeah. Great point, Got, yeah. guys. Unfortunately, we are out of time, um, but this was the beginning of a conversation. It never ends. We will have you back. We will see you in November. Uh, and and again, thank you to all of you as well as the rest of the Rec organization for its continued commitment and uh, and volunteer time and effort to keep this conversation going.
Well, and I'll say thank you to Realcom because without you, uh, you know, I don't know that the rec would exist today. So both not just getting that room, but, you know, helping and and be with us along this journey. So thank you, Jim. Yeah, absolutely. And, and everybody in our team, and, and it's it's important. We um, we we grab onto topics that are important and, uh, and this one's at the top of the list. So our pleasure. Guys, have a wonderful weekend and we will, I'm sure I'll be talking to some, if not all of you next week. And uh, I, again, thank you so much for your time, energy and interest. Be well. Thanks, Jim. Thank you. Okay. All right, with that, I bring up our news broadcaster for the week. It's not Howard, it's Lisa. Um, and Lisa's, there she is, how are you? I'm good, Jim, how are you? Good, I said our extraordinary correspondent from the East Coast filling in for Howard. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it is, oh, it is good you. good to have such talent in house very very oh, good so, oh, thank, you. I, thank you i will get out of your way and let you uh let everybody know what's going on in real estate tech news this all right. week all right thank you well every thursday we send out our weekly briefing newsletter as you know of the top stories touching commercial and corporate real estate and technology and in this news segment we're going to highlight a few of the articles that we think are especially relevant so our lead article this week is about a relatively new technology called computer vision analytics, which deals with how computers can gain high level understanding from digital images or videos. So some of the self-driving Tesla vehicles use computer vision. The medical field has even begun using technology to detect and monitor cancer cells using this technology. Um, according to the article, the real estate industry has been largely slow to adopt this new um, this new solution, despite the many promising business applications because of privacy concerns stemming from misunderstandings about how the technology actually works and public perception around the use of the technology vision uh, or I'm sorry, the computer vision data. There's also not a lot of regulation out there right now. The only there are only 15 states that have any kind of regulatory language regarding the technology with very little consistency. So if you're wondering about some of the business applications for computer vision, there's analytics of the tenant mix. So computer vision analytics can help building management better understand the tenant mixes that are most successful in a retail environment, for instance, looking at which stores shoppers visit, visitor demographics. What's really interesting is that the technology can also incorporate social media activity. Another application is around tenant issues. Data mined from this tool can identify tenants that are having issues and may need an intervention or tenants that property managers may want to avoid or potentially replace at other properties. Also, there's combining different data types. This analytics tool can combine multiple data sources like weather to build a much more accurate model of how and when people use a particular property. So really interesting article for sure and well worth the five minute read. So be sure to check that out. Our second article is provided by this week's technology partner, Yardi, and focuses on uh, driving employee retention by having a comprehensive training program. So according to some sources, employee turnover reached 33% this year and represents an especially difficult challenge for the property management industry. It's reported that 48% of millennials who left their jobs cited lack of opportunities to learn and grow as a reason for leaving. 52% of US employees 
indicated willingness to find another job in 2021. On the other hand, 94% of property management employees indicated a willingness to stay if their employee provided learning opportunities. So according to estimates, the typical cost of recruiting a replacement for a departed employee can be one and a half to two times that employee's salary. So promoting employee learning and skills development, clearly those costs are significantly lower than turnover costs. So this article covers the various types of training and how to adopt a consolidated training approach that will boost employee confidence, increase morale, and ultimately result in lower turnover. So this article has a lot of good information and is a very relevant topic for the times. Also in the news this week, in line with our um, with our uh, with our topic that we that that Joan just covered, um, Marcus and Millichat report that they were the target of a cyber attack. CISO uh, Magazine reports that seven in ten facility managers consider OT cybersecurity a major concern. And finally, related is in the news again, partnering with Gravity, an electric vehicle startup, to bring charging stations to New York City. Related will be launching the effort first in their Manhattan's Plaza. So there are several other interesting, very interesting technology articles in this week's newsletter. So grab the email that went out yesterday, or you can visit us on realcom.com and click on the news link at the top of the page. So Jim, I'll yeah, gr over to you. Great coverage. I mean, the computer vision article, great technology. I think a reason a lot of folks are concerned about the privacy side of that is what we've seen in China, where, where it was taken, it is being taken way too far uh, to the bad extreme. So very right. relevant article. Everybody's going to be having to deal with it. But the other one I thought caught my interest was Marcus and Milicep. And, and I don't know what the protocol is for reporting cyber incidents, but hats off to them for reporting it. It's not something that you would go to your PR agent and say, hey, we had a cyber attack. Let's go tell the world. But the only way us as an industry are going to uh, raise our awareness of this, if people are willing to come out and share that they did uh, have this happen. And I think it'll get people's attention. So uh, hats off them and Marcus and Milicep for for uh, getting that article out there and letting everybody know. So. Right, right. It's a really good one. Yep. Great job. Howard's got uh, something to be worried about. I don't know. I think uh, <laughs> the East Coast is encroaching. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for having me. All right. Thank you so much. All right. So before we wrap for today, let's hear from our last sponsor, and then uh, we'll get right back at it and wrap the show. All right. Uh, again, big thanks to everybody for today's show. Uh, three guys speaking on a very important topic, cyber, Lisa for the news, Realcom team in the back, our sponsors. Um, next week, great, great show again. Uh, the digital uh, smart building conversations evolving. Uh, you know, obviously we have smart buildings. We have people want to talk about smart cities, but there's a new phenomenon occurring called digital districts. And that means uh, people taping, taking over large swaths of urban areas uh, involving multiple square footage, multiple buildings, multiple blocks. Uh, and we've got two great guys, Mike Smith, CEO of Whitespace, um, who's been working really closely with the Water uh, Street Tampa project, literally a digital district that is reshaping Tampa. And then we got Chuck Niswanger, president of NiceNets, uh, who's working with a firm in Vietnam creating what most people would call a small city, but for uh, this time, we're gonna call it a digital district. And we've got a couple other ones we're gonna be referencing. So we're excited about next week's topic, two great projects to talk about with two very smart people. So with that, I wanna say thank you to everybody uh, for listening and we look forward to seeing you next week. Have a great weekend and you all be well.